Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs ya. Hoping and heartbreak, supporting and loving those living with infertility. So last week we spoke to Sandy. She had an amazing story about her struggle and all the losses she had had and about her baby girl and her son. And today we have Jesus and Yvette Trevino who also have a wonderful story and they're going to be opening up about their infertility journey that had a very different ending than Sandy's but it's also one that is filled with tears of joy and we're just so excited to have them. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. I feel like, so I feel like the topic of infertility is, you can have an entire podcast series exactly. to talk about this. But I think with both Sandy's story and Yvette and Jesus, I think giving them, each one of them their space it, to really kind of take in their stories is just really important. Yeah, and it's because there's so much that we can learn as well, right? Because mm -hmm. I think the main part we got from Sandy was kind of things, what we should ask, what we shouldn't say, like the way that they actually grieve and how to be empathetic to a grieving process when you have a miscarriage, not to downplay the process. And I think today when we talk to Jesus and Yvette, I think we're gonna get a different learning lesson yeah. and experience from their experience. I definitely feel like I learned from Sandy's. I personally have never gone through a miscarriage. My mom went through, I believe, six or seven. Between between me and you my and brother. Your brother. Yeah, it took six years for her to have my brother. Right. Which um, is kind of happened to Sandy, like the second child, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was a, kind yeah. of an oops. Like they had told her that my mom had endometriosis. And so they told her that it's very unlikely that she also has like only one and a half Um, ovaries so they told her it was unlikely that she would get pregnant and then There you 1984 <laughs> what's up that came around but yeah I'm excited to talk to to Yvette and Jesus and which is a nice story because you met them through social media or I, I know uh, I met Jesus through work and we had some really cool like work meetings and stuff and he just seemed like a really cool energy guy and stuff and then when they shared their story on social media it was like out of nowhere because right which it also yeah. says a lot about how sometimes you don't know the struggles people have right no he, I'm sure he was always seems like a very happy guy always like yeah. easy going and little did you know that he was going through this in his mm -hmm. own home you know and it's we're talking about like nine almost ten years yeah of carrying this struggle by themselves yeah 
Um, so yeah. All right, so let's hear your motherish moment. Okay, so my motherish moment of the week is actually pretty cheesy, but it's crazy how motherhood makes you um, more sensitive and more emotional. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I know, but it's cute. <laughs> they gifted for this little car, and I remember I put it together early on, and my mom was like, why are you putting it together? It's obviously for bigger children, and it is. Then I realized it was for 12 months and up, but I just wanted to see it and then visualize my son sitting on it eventually. So I kept it in the garage, and I would look at it, and I would just get so excited just imagining him eventually in it. And finally, this week, he got to riding his little car. <laughs> um, he's a big boy, and he sits pretty well. So I don't know. It was one of those moments where you envision something happening a certain way, and when it actually happens, it's very, very emotional. Yeah. So I just love watching him and again he was on it for like a few minutes um, he's like I, okay mom bye I know, I know. so i pushed him around a little bit and it's just it's nice to see him be so strong and independent but more than anything it's crazy how when you visualize something and you dream about something happening a certain way and then when it actually happens it actually was better than i ever imagined yeah. it would be um you know, it took my breath away. So Aww. that was my mother's moment of the week. For That's very little sweet. Car. That's very sweet. So my mother's moment was related to my mom instead of related to Victoria. So I kind of feel like I was able to mother my mom. She's going to kill me when she hears it. She's going to be like, ¿Qué te crees? Yeah, because I kind of lied a little bit and I was like mom my trainer is gonna do this like stretching thing we should do it together whatever because on Thursdays I work from my mom's house I'm like it's gonna be like a 15 minute stretch it'll be so nice whatever it really was like an entire yoga class I tricked her into working I tricked her into doing this and my mom is a very active person like she has more energy than both of us put together she like does her whole garden she does a lot of stuff all the time but she's never done outside of like walking for a while like formal workouts right but yeah we did the yoga class together and I tried to put on like nice like 70s romantic music because <laughs> I'm like she's Setting gonna like this for her, yeah. yeah and it was really good and now she wants to keep doing it and so I'm super excited about starting this new thing with my mom because so it's a thing now it's an official thing now going yes forward. because topic of like self-care or whatever it's important that we need to find time for that and so I'm kind of trying to push her to dedicate this one hour a week to herself and me together. So yeah, I love it. that's my motherish moment. I'm excited about having both of you in this conversation here. I know Jesus through work and I know Yvette through Jesus through the wonders of social media. I feel like they have a very touching story. They have their own podcast and they shared it through their podcast. It was something that I listened to with Juan shortly after Victoria was born. So we were also both very like, high on that emotional mm -hmm. kind of roller coaster that you're in when you bring your baby home. And I remember just being completely in tears listening to it and very in awe of their resilience and the way they shared their story just with this level. I don't know, like they kept it together. And I was like, I'm <laughs> listening. So thank you guys. Um, Welcome to Motherish Moments. Thank you. So then why don't we start off with why did you want to share your story? Why was it the right moment to open up and, and share your story? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for having us. It means the world that we're able to tell our story because now in realizing our story and telling and sharing it with other people, we realize that we're not the only ones, right? There's so many of us that are going through these experiences and 
sometimes we don't tell our story enough and we all need to support each other, right? Moms need to support moms and future moms need to support future moms. And I think my regret is not having told this story sooner, right? Because I think one of the biggest things was, especially for Latinos, we tend to keep these things very private. Yeah. You know, we just tend to kind of keep these things and bottle them up very inside. Tabu, and, yeah. mm-hmm, and we didn't talk about it. And that's our issue too. Like we were exactly that. We decided to keep this very, very private. And for 10 years of trying to start a family unsuccessfully, we came to the realization that adoption was our calling, right? And everyone's journey is different. And our journey to parenthood was that one, was one of adoption. And it was after three IUIs, three IVFs, three cycles of IVF, one miscarriage. You know, I can't even tell you every app that I downloaded. I even went vegan for six months thinking that maybe that would help. Like, and dieting, all these medications and whatever I could do and whatever I thought, okay, if it's drinking out of straws, maybe I'll try it. Maybe that'll get me pregnant. Anything and everything, right? But I didn't tell anyone while I was going through this. And that's one of the things that I, looking back, wish I had maybe, you know, just built more of a community to really get me through those moments. But I am grateful because if I didn't have Jesus, I don't think I would have been able to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and really be able to kind of overcome those challenging moments because we really literally did that together but during those 10 years that's what solidified our relationship it was at that moment when we finally saw selena it was just like wow all the fruits of our labor are right here right in front of us and it took us 10 years it took us a good decade but we got there and that's okay jesus how did you get through those 10 years and what was now looking back you know what was i guess your secret in helping us we vet get across those 10 years and finally see the light at the end of the tunnel i mean i don't know how i made it it was almost 10 years it was like nine years right I think I said this before, but, you know, again, we go back to Latinos and, and black and brown people. We do not share these stories. And for me, particularly, like I grew up in the hood. I made it out of the hood. I went to college. I graduated. I got a career. I married a great person. And then I can't have kids. It's like you do everything right. And then I think one of the most frustrating things was that it doesn't um, it was unexplained infertility is what we got. It wow. was literally nothing's wrong with her. Nothing's wrong with you. Right. It just doesn't match up. I don't know how I got through it. I think it was I would say my faith. I'm not super religious, but I definitely, I mean, my name is Jesus. <laughs> um, I went to Catholic school almost all my life, but I do believe in God. And I think that really helped me get through it and help her get through it. Just being there, just trying to make sure that she didn't think this is her fault. Because I think a lot of women think that something's wrong with me. I always t- treated her as the, you know, the most important person in my life because she's made me better and I've made her better and we pick each other up. Outside, we both lost parents. And outside of that, it's the most painful thing ever. Like, I remember even being in this living room, sitting on the floor, crying our eyes out and not understanding why. And, you know, not only, you know, emotionally, but financially a huge burden. And I don't know, I think it was just making sure that she was okay, that she knew that we were still young. We're still young. We weren't, you know, 60 years old going through this. <laughs> and But I think also in the process, we ended up also becoming physically better. I lost 150 pounds and wow. I kind of kept off in the last five years she lost over 100 pounds that she's kept off you know we wanted to be parents at the end of the day we still better for us and now we can run around with selena because she's like now going up and down and we're trying to keep up but yeah i think that was it like making sure that she didn't think that this was her fault and or even like the thought of 
but I can only imagine if my father had gone through this. My father was very, you know, a very traditional machista man from Latin America. I don't know if he would have stuck with my mother. That's all these things. When we were preparing for this episode, we kept going back to reading this. That is very hard for someone to really empathize unless you go through something like that. And that's why this episode is important to try to get your voices and your stories so that we can learn and other women can learn what is the best way to be empathetic? What is the most effective way, like Jesus says, to be there for someone who's going through this? Yeah, especially if you kept it to yourselves for so long, how, you know, you must have dealt with a lot of comments from friends, family that are not ill-intended, but probably hit pretty rough. So I think one of the biggest challenges was putting on a brave face because of course there's that expectation that once you get married, it's followed by, you know, the house, the kids, the dog, like, and you're just kind of supposed to fulfill these roles and kind of check them off the, the box. And here we are, you know, being married for a few years and then knowing that we wanted to start our family. And of course, every time I saw family members, it was like, y los niños and the kids, when are they coming? Oh, are you guys not planning on having kids? Like, and you don't realize how intrusive this is until you're living through an experience like this. You don't know anyone's story. And the biggest takeaway that we always stress to anyone is that you can't ask those questions anymore. There is such a heightened sensitivity around this being so personal like we have to respect boundaries and that is just something that you don't know people's story people didn't know mine for years i had to put on a brave face at all the baby showers i had to attend and not attend because it did get to a point where it's like i had to disconnect on mother's day uh, from social media i had to you know when baby showers i sometimes got sick and couldn't go right because it just becomes too hard and i didn't want to resent my friends and my family because it got to that point where it was like why not me why am i the one that's not able to have that same belly or have those experiences of firsts like my friends are going through and my family's going through so i think just one of the biggest things from an empathetic side is just to be mindful of what you say right because you can't take words back and i understand that it's coming from a good place and that's how i try to always view it is that i knew that you know when my family and my mom was constantly saying things around me to other people like oh i don't know when she's going to make me a grandmother or if she ever decides to make me a grandmother those things sting and it wasn't until the moment that i told my mom that we were having a baby or we were adopting selena and she was going to be born the very next day that's another story that's probably another episode but i literally <laughs> told my i literally didn't tell my mother until the day before the baby was born and i didn't show her the nursery until the day before the baby was born. No, she had no idea. And I sat her down and, and when I explained to her the whole story and I told her everything, I said, I hope that this is such a learning lesson for you to not ask these kind of questions. I mean, I even had the conversation with my hairdresser because my hairdresser would say the same thing. I've been going to her for seven, eight years and she was always like, you need to focus on having kids. You should have kids right away. Like, what are you waiting for? And you don't understand these things. And I'm not going to turn around and tell my hairdresser, hey, so listen, I just miscarried or I'm going through my third round of IVF and we just took out another loan or whatever it is right so all these things it's there's just so much sensitivity around it but i understand that people want to be supportive mm. is there any regret about not sharing more during the process or is it just too hard to share during those moments like for someone who is going through something like that right now perhaps you know also suffering with their husbands or just carrying that with them you know in silence and pretending on the outside to be strong to be okay to just is there any regret would you change anything looking back 
Yeah, 100%. I don't necessarily think I would change anything because this was my journey, right? So this is the way it was supposed to play out and no regrets because the outcome has been my baby girl. But what I would maybe recommend is for other women, we're not alone, right? What I was doing was I was trolling and I was going on, you know, on Instagram and looking at infertility sites and just following women that were going through the journey in silence. I was doing that where I was like going through the motions, but in silence. I would say that if you can find a close knit group, even if it's a Facebook group or someone in your area or, or a friend that you can really confide in, stick with that person because chances are that that person knows another person that's going through the same thing or something similar. And you can really kind of band together and get through those moments. Jesus was amazing and he was there for me through all those moments, but there's something to be said about me miscarrying versus him watching me miscarry or me injecting myself every single night at nine o'clock on the dot and him watching me inject myself every single day at nine o'clock and the bruises. You can only be so supportive, but you're also living through it. And then every month when I got my period, it was like, you know, an hour in the bathroom just crying. I don't know. It's a lot, but I think we, we just, we got to stick together, right? Yeah. Women, we we got to support each other. And we can only do that if we're open we talk about, about it. it. Yeah. hundred percent. Let's talk about the decision to adopt. At what point did you feel like this is what we want to do in your journey to Selena? It started maybe a couple of years before, maybe two years before we even decided upon it when it happened with, uh, we opened up to my mom. So my mom, God bless her soul, she passed away now almost five years ago. She was in the last hospital where she was going to get her operation. And I don't know what, but I told Yvette, I was like, I think we should just tell my mom what we're going through. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And we sat down in the hospital room with her and, and through tears, we were like telling her our struggles. And she looked at us, you know, with compassion and, and empathy. And she said, but she didn't cry, but she said, well, you guys are still young. Have you guys thought about adoption? Which I never thought she would have said. I was like, no, but she's like, well, maybe that's the way you become parents. And it, that stuck with us. It felt so good to tell somebody because before that, I think we only had told her older sister. So it was only her older sister and her, my mom that knew about our struggles. And then of course my mom passes away a couple months afterwards. And after that, we grieved my mother. So that's the whole thing in itself. And then once uh, I think a year passed of my mom being gone, Yvette was like, we're in good shape. Let's let's try for IVF for a third time. In my head, I'm like, I really just want to do this option because I don't want her body through this again. Because I see the bruises, I see the pain that she goes through emotional and physically. So I was like, okay, but I can't, it's not my body. I can't say, no, don't do that. I don't want to do it. So I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's try another doctor. I'm like, okay. And Yvette's great at research because she's in sales. She's amazing at research. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go to this doctor and a couple meetings go in and essentially it, it doesn't take. We didn't even get to the point where we had gotten to before. The doctor was sat us down and she's like, yeah, I don't think we're going to keep on going anymore because essentially your body isn't taking to these drugs. And we're like, wow. So we go home again crying but this time it wasn't as heavy or rough as the first couple of times because a we've been through this already we're like we've been we have battle scars but again i had the adoption head in my mind and i told her i'm like hey instead of going through this again remember what my mom said and what do you think about adoption and she said yeah why not let's, let's explore it si no sabes que el spicy mccrispy tiene spicy pepper sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo que sabes tú de la vida Casandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de VIX, Consuelo, disponible en la app de VIX ya. 
It was interesting, Yvette, to see how emotional you got when you heard Jesus say the story about his mom bringing that up. How important is it to maybe get, not a blessing, but kind of hear someone close to you be in line with the plan, you know, that maybe you hadn't even thought about at that point, but that down the road ended up being the perfect plan for you guys. I almost feel like I needed to hear that blessing. Like I needed to know that that was okay to move into that direction because obviously that's something that we knew down the line would be a possibility if we couldn't get to that end goal, right? But I think hearing her and being like, don't worry, it's okay. Your plan may be adoption. Like, have you thought about adoption? And and to hear my mother-in-law, like, give me that. Oh, I'm sorry, my voice is so shaky. To hear that and just talk about like, hey, like nothing, like it was nothing. And for me thinking that it was, she was going to judge me or maybe she'd be like, oh, the car tree, you guys, or keep trying, right? How many times did I hear that from the, the few people that I had told, keep trying, don't think about it. It'll happen when you don't think about it. Like all these cliches. But for her to just, have you guys thought about adoption? And it was that moment that I was just like, oh my God, this she's our ride or die here. Like, ugh. And, and that stuck with me. And fast forward after the fact, like we adopted Selena and I told the story to a colleague of mine in Puerto Rico. I told her about my mom and all that. And she said that in Puerto Rico, they believe that when your parents pass away, they get to grant you one wish. Because a lot of people say, even though she's adopted, that Selena looks like us. And she actually really looks like my mom. That's because wow. she's very, you know, very fair skinned. She has the chubby cheeks. So my colleague was like, that's your mother's wish come true. That's why you see so much of her in, in her. Tell us about your daughter. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Selena. Uh, well, this one says that she has me wrapped around her finger already. So Clearly. I'm kind of, true. I mean, even just from the name, like the name is perfect. Selena Estrella, we're both in the music industry. And, you know, Selena obviously is the icon of icons. And Estrella, because she's our little star, you know, that came true. And she's just, right now she's almost 11 months and she's full of personality. How was the day you met your daughter? Oh, oh my wow. gosh. <laughs> It was incredible. It just felt right. I think that was one of my biggest fears, right? Coming from a place of we're adopting a child that didn't grow inside of me, but I was there for all the doctor visits. We okay, were both so you there. Were, you were during the whole process. We found her when she was about six months along. Actually, no, it was like seven months along because we literally had nine weeks before we found out that we were having a baby girl to when she was born. So we had nine weeks to prepare, set up a nursery. We still didn't tell anyone, so we didn't have a traditional baby shower. It was interesting. But we did it. And the moment we laid eyes on her and we, I was there for the birth. So I was her support person and I will forever love birth mom. Like there's a special place in my heart for her forever. And just being there and watching the baby and scream for the first time. And just, I literally didn't realize that I had squealed so loud until I saw all the doctors and birth mom turn around and look at me. <laughs> so like the woman's in the middle of like just having had a baby. And I must have like made some crazy noise because they all went like this. <laughs> turned around and looked at me and then I look at my phone and it says he was texting because he was right outside the door and he's like is that our daughter and then I just like lost it I just lost it and then immediately I just went over to the side where they clean her off and and we've been with her since that very moment and then like 10 minutes after like I took off my shirt like a spring break and uh, I did like skin to skin and I was like <laughs> get it over here. <laughs> And then, you know, being in the middle of this pandemic has afforded us to be at home, you know, all this time. And all she knows is us and now the nanny, because we're obviously both working and that's all she knows. And, you know, she said data for the first time. Uh, that, that was her first word. She loves reggaeton and salsa and cumbia. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. She's so, she's perfect. I, I don't know. It, like, she's, yeah. Her hair is getting curly now. She's so curious. You guys are so cute. I can't. I know, this is amazing. (laughs) 
I love this story because, you know, we started off talking about very, very tough, sad things, but then it ended so perfectly, right? We're sitting in your home and your mom, you know, I mean, I'm a woman of faith and I feel like everyone has their angel, you know, and definitely something that has her angel in your mom. And <laughs> um, but I get so, it, I get it, ladies, I, I get know. it. <laughs> Anyways, but just to close it off, there are going to be many women who are listening who are still in the middle of this storm. Yeah. Right? Who are in the middle of the battle and they still don't know what their end is going to look like. Just a few words of, I don't know if I want to say motivation, but maybe from your own personal experiences from both of you, just what could be helpful for them during the storm, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a support system. And I had him, we were each other's support system and we got through it together. But to my TTC warriors, that's what I call them. My trying to conceive warriors, because that's what we are. We are warriors. We get through it. We can get through it and we will get through it. And our journeys are different and that's okay. That's totally fine. But, you know, just know that at the end of it, the end result is going to be all worth it. So do your research, continue to have faith or just know that your light is at the end of the tunnel. It's definitely going to happen one way or another. And just stay positive. Yeah, and I just like to say, it's, I guess, to the men and or partners in, the, in you know relationships going through this, it's just, again, be supportive. Just be there for them. You're the best. And also to... Just to add, again, Yvette's been a perfect mom ever since this has happened. Like, she has <laughs> stepped into that, this role, like, seamlessly. Like, I haven't, if I get flustered, which it happens here and there, like, I'm like, Yvette, Yvette, help me. Like, and then she'll come and just, like, superwoman, like, just go in, like, while she's doing a Zoom call and fix a diaper and all, do all this crazy stuff. But she she's a mama. She got it. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was meant to do this. Yeah. I think that would be it. Like, be as a partner, as a husband, be supportive, be there, and just be conscious that it's not your body. It's her body. Um, I've been always super respectful of that. Oh, I'm a big fan of both of you. This is this was this was wonderful. Honestly, I know. Thank I you guys so much. Cried the whole time. Um, oh my god. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Thank you guys. Thank you so much again for listening. For more conversations like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. We would really appreciate it. For more content from Motherish Moments and to connect with us, go to our Instagram page at Motherish or go to MotherishMoments.com. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste. Para pa pa pa. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Vix, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Vix ya. Yeah.